go. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Always technical difficulties, eh? Yeah, you know, since 1993 and the beginning of ICQ, we've had these problems with the internet. <laughs> I don't know what's going ICQ on. ICQ was so awesome, though. That's hilarious. I, I can I can just like think of that noise that got that like bird noise or whatever it was when it popped up. But yeah, uh, I forget what it, I forget what it was. I'll have to uh, I'll have to send you some kind of YouTube clip on that one. But so for for you for today, I mean, I think we we talked a little bit about via email about what Just Wealth is doing in terms of entering into a lot of discussions with financial advisors, um, talking about the institutional division. But could you could you break out a little bit about Just Wealth's history and then go into about that institu- institutional division and how it plays a role in shaping the future for Just yeah. Wealth? Yeah, and I do want to talk about that partnership thing too because I think it's a very interesting concept and I have some some notes I'll, I'll, we'll come back to that conversation on. But sure. um, so <clears throat> talking about Just Wealth, so Just Wealth is, a, is an online uh, investment portfolio manager, um, also known as a robo-advisor. Uh, so what we do is we, we basically take your typical... Um, whether it's an investment relationship with a, a financial planner at a bank, investment advisor, um, or, or a do-it-yourself investor, and we, we, we electronically deliver that service. Um, um, because of uh, the electronic nature of our business, um, mm-hmm. we can significantly reduce the cost to the end investor mm-hmm. um, because a lot of the inefficiencies, whether it's uh, from an administration standpoint, a compliance standpoint, or the time it takes uh, on the investment management side, uh, we've we've automated that and, and created efficiencies, so um, we can do and provide services to investors at a significantly lower cost than what they could um, anywhere else in Canada, right? So, um, and previous but, to this, they 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 what was their frustration that they were dealing with? Yeah, so previous to this, are any robo advisors um, in Canada at least, and probably around the world, it was. Yeah. If you wanted to invest money, there was basically two options. One option was you could go to a financial institution like a bank or uh, or something like that, and you could get sit down face to face with somebody and get advice on your financial or investing matters. Um, and that person may have talked to you not only just about investing, but may have talked to you about insurance, may have talked to you about um, you know estate planning, all a whole laundry list of stuff. So that was one option. The other option that a particular person could invest would be if they took the opportunity to do it themselves. Mm. Um, so no, no advice was given. You were not sitting down with anyone. Um, and you were left to your own devices on you managing your own money, making the decisions, uh, doing the research and putting in the time, uh, to do that yourself. Now, so those are two very, very wide spectrums of, of, of advice and on what comes to investing as to how you can get access to it. Um, that bank model was, you know, a high touch, high cost. Mm-hmm. The do-it-yourself model was low cost, low touch. You had to do all the analysis in your own time. Really, what a robo advisor is trying to do is just bridge that gap between the two, and um, provide that in quality investment advice, uh, but use the efficiencies of, of technology to lower the cost, similar to what the co- you know a similar cost of lowering through the discount model. So mm-hmm. it's really in the marrying of the two. Uh, and I think what we're, what, we're, what we're beginning to see, and we're just at the forefront of this, is that people people want investment advice, mm-hmm. uh, not, not only because maybe they don't feel comfortable in doing it themselves or they don't have time to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want that advice and they need that advice, uh, but they also want to make sure that it's being managed in a way that is best suited for them um, and it's done in an efficient manner, whereas it could they could get this advice 
through email, text message, video chat, you know, other mediums than just having to get the investment advice in person. And so one of the um, commonalities that we have is on the focusing of automating the back end to free up the time for these advisors. So currently, what, what, have, you, what have you been seeing um, in terms of being able to hit that goal? Are advisors uh, spending more time with their clients? Um, do, you, do you see the technology really making it easier uh, for them to go after kind of not only those high net worth individuals, but smaller customer bases? Yeah, so, so I'll answer that in, 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 in kind of two parts. So the first part is, you know, we talk about just wealth and I kind of elaborated on kind of how it started and stuff like that. But we, we do um, and we believe our biggest growth avenue as a business would be partnering with um, it could be financial advisors, financial planners, insurance agents, anyone who um, you know, wants to deal uh, with clients, uh, but they don't necessarily want to uh, get in the nitty gritty of, of, of managing the money mm. section of the of the client portfolio. So what we've recently launched is a is a brand called Just Wealth Institutional, which we will be partnering with financial advisors, and uh, we've had you know great success and a lot of um, a lot of incoming demand, and there, there's a definite um, push towards advisors wanting to go down this path. But um, to answer your question about the time, so. Uh, there is a significant amount of time savings that um, an advisor um, or agent can can get by using a service like ours, mm-hmm. um, because you know from an administrative standpoint, um, you know we take care of all that. From a compliance standpoint, you know we're going to be doing doing the annual know your client updates, um, and then from just from an investment management standpoint, we do the rebalancing and we take care of all all of that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there, there's two trains of thought here. One, if an advisor was to, to start doing business with us, uh, because of those those time savings, you know, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And I think there's you could take the approach of, well, I can enter into deeper relationships with my current clients and have mm-hmm. more in-depth conversations and more value-added conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can use that time to go out and get new clients depending mm-hmm. on where your business is at and how you want to grow your business mm-hmm. the freeing up a time will allow you to do that mm-hmm. um, and you know, I think there's the notion out there that um, you know you have to you, you don't necessarily have to take this free time and uh, go out and necessarily you know you know get more clients or build deeper relationships and mm-hmm. that would just come but you could take this time to um, you know, better yourself. Sure. So, yeah. you know, whether you're reading during that time, whether you're, you know, taking any, you know, internal thinking or anything like that, or working with a mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that in itself, and if you use your time wisely, um, whether it's getting more clients or taking care of yourself or spending time with your family, I think overall you'll become a better person and probably a better, um, you know, kind of uh, influencer or, or agent or representative for whatever client you are dealing with. Got it. I love it. And so that's a good segue into, um, you know, a lot of regulators have been meeting uh, going across Canada, uh, group insurance regulators and so forth. Uh, We've been hearing this conversation about product to advice um, Mm -hmm. and insurance advisors have been primarily been focused on understanding their products and relaying that information about products to those customers. But, you know, with the advent of technology, with users may be able to take more control over where their money's uh, getting invested, but them wanting more advice. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Just Wealth positioning themselves in that transition from product to advice? 
So it's a it's a great question and a, and a very good point because the fact is a lot of people um, can get um, information on how they want to invest their money or maybe even what insurance policy they should be buying mm-hmm. online through you know a, a simple Google search, right? But uh, I think uh, a lot of people may think they can do that and may try to potentially do it on themselves, yeah. uh, but then realize that they can't do it after the fact because they've made a mistake for whatever reason, or um, they just don't have the time to do it. Um, we have a lot of uh, investors that, that, you know, set up accounts at Just Wealth and you know, they're very knowledgeable people. They're, mm-hmm. you know, you know, engineers, mathematicians, yeah. like very knowledgeable people. They have the capability to do the analysis yeah. from an investment standpoint to figure out which, what is their asset allocation and that stuff. It's just, they don't have the time because they're busy, whether it's they're busy in their own jobs, sure. they're busy in their, you know, whatever careers they have, family, all these other life demands. And I think um, that goes to this digitizing kind of revolution we're going through here. It's because, you know, we can be, Fineo and Just Wealth, we can be more efficient with our time and deliver that advice in a way that our audience want to hear it. And I think that's, I think the industry as a whole, through the traditional versus kind of this new digital realm, the traditional world, you know, needs to kind of, you know, look at that and say, like, it's not, you know, people don't want to necessarily or need necessarily to meet face to face. It can be done through other mediums like a video chat sure. like this. And you can be doing it from anywhere um, that you're licensed to do it um, or whatever the case may be. But like, I think there's there's things like that that um, um, people really need to think about in regards to how they're delivering advice. But I don't I, I am not in the camp that ever um, the the advice that a human can deliver um, it, it will ever be will ever be a way. There's all the information is always going to be out there, mm-hmm. but sometimes having that that uh, sounding board or that coach or or whatever it may be, whatever you want to call it, your call yourself a quarterback mm-hmm. is very important for somebody in, in in especially when it comes to their financial matters. On the topic of the the Monday massacre that we just uh, <laughs> read into, we saw a big drop. Yeah. Um, yeah. get a bit of a correction and today things are kind of moving forward mm-hmm. uh, dovetail that with with your your name the name of the company just wealth um, want to talk a little bit more about the history of the name and maybe talk a little bit about kind of what's happening with the markets and what we're seeing you know users or clients you know they're yeah. panicking a bit right so yeah. you know with this new technology with these new companies like just wealth and Fineo, you know where do where do these companies you know help alleviate the stress for for the end user or client? Right. So um, it's a great question. So I'll start with kind of uh, the first the first uh, point of about just wealth and the existence and the name and stuff like that, and then I'll kind of discuss on the sure. markets and and it kind of it'll kind of relate to each other. But um, so when we started just wealth just over uh, well going on almost three years ago now. Um, it was myself and my co-founder, who's the chief investment officer at Just Wealth, James Goche. Um, we both came with extensive backgrounds in the financial services industry. I was 10 plus years uh, at one of the world's largest independent asset management companies, and he, he'd actually um, managed money um, at some of the big Canadian banks. So mm-hmm. we came a little bit different approach than I think many 
uh, fintech firms. Most, you know, most people have like, a, uh, you know, some tech related um, aspect to it. We were coming with the, the, the sense of, you know, we're financial services, we're, we're really focused on the fin. But what we'd seen in our, both our past throughout our history and our careers in the financial services industry is um, we felt that there was a lot of conflicts that existed within the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and Canadian investors were actually paying some of the highest fees in the world. And it was this notion of, I think that, you know, I literally, I literally started the business because I wanted to change the way Canadian investors were getting advice hmm. on their investments. Um, and and uh, the the just part of our name represents not for only as in we just manage wealth. It's more of uh, the integrity or the morals um, or the justice that we're trying to provide hmm. um, our investors. And when I wake up every morning, my why is to do what's right for my investor mm-hmm. and uh, and the people we deal with. So it's uh, I believe that you know if you continue with that and you push those morals first, um, people will begin to realize that, that you know their their interests are at first, and and you'll develop you'll develop a, a successful business and around that. So it's a you know the why. Um, and is, is, you know, you come out every day as a byproduct, you have mm-hmm. a successful business and it's sustainable and it can grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, it, it's important to bring up because, you know, most recently in, in the, uh, this downturn in the market, um, you know, on Monday we saw, you know, pretty big headlines and pretty, you know, very large drop, uh, mm-hmm. in the market. And what we found personally is that, um, no clients, uh, had any, um, any remorse or was were, you know didn't represent any scare you know as far as they wanted to get out of the market and I think that's for two reasons one um, because we w- we were able to to get on top of it quickly and communicate with our investors you know what was happening and and, and remind them of the long term strategy that you've employed here as mm-hmm. investing in a portfolio um, but I also think what also is great and it's it's probably one of the best reasons as to why I'm so happy about this business is. Um, we're able to put investors in a portfolio that's suited directly for them. Mm-hmm. Um, every single investor that comes to us, uh, whether through an institutional partnership with an advisor or uh, through direct, uh, each investor has to complete an investment questionnaire. It's, you mm-hmm. know, they have to answer uh, you know, a laundry list of questions, but we're, we're really figuring out what are their objectives, what are their wants, what are their needs, what is their time horizon. We really want to find that out. And the reason we want to find that out is because we want to make sure that when they're ultimately investing their hard-earned dollars, it's in a portfolio that is going to meet their objectives. Mm-hmm. So when there is a downturn in the market, yeah, the people who were okay with downturns in the market, they, they've been trained to be like, yeah, I'm okay with that because I've, that's what I signed up for. Yeah. But if somebody was not didn't want to deal with that roller coaster of a downturn in the market, we have you know, very conservative portfolios that would meet their needs. And uh, you know, I think one of the happiest things I've ever had uh, as, as, as when going through this business is I had an older couple – who who opened up an account with us, and they had, you know, some you know, had a, just a regular you know balanced portfolio at a bank. Mm-hmm. And, uh, their number one criteria or objective is was they just don't want to lose money. Mm-hmm. They just want to preserve wealth as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a just wealth capital preservation portfolio, which is primary focus is to you know keep your capital in place during times of volatility, mm-hmm. and. Um, at the bank, they were dealing with whips, ups and downs, even though it was a balanced portfolio, it was going up and down, and they were just losing sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they came to us, uh, like I said, they invested in this capital preservation portfolio, and it's now doing exactly what they want Fantastic. a portfolio to do. 
And uh, they've now told me, you know, they've been with us uh, for quite some time. So we've had like the Brexit um, issue. We yeah. had, you know, Donald Trump and getting elected and there was some, you know, perceived volatility in the markets there. And then most recently, you know, uh, this last week, a little downturn in the market. Um, and, and, and they, those, those, that particular couple has, is, is not worried at all. And it's with that, um, you know, that we're, we're confident in, you know, going out there and speaking to more people. And it brings me, brings me joy to say mm-hmm. that, Hey, listen, we can, we can help people not only, you know, obviously in investing, you want to make money, but sometimes people's objectives is I don't want to lose money. Right. Mm-hmm. So, oh, 100%. Um, Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about products right now, kind of where they're going. Um, how is Just Wealth making decisions to to create new products um, that are obviously solving really important problems right now with the with where the market dynamics are going? Um, and also, would like you to comment on on just this last little little drop. Um, you know, when we saw a drop like this uh, in oh oh eight oh nine, um, there were some serious reasons why there was that drop, and then obviously the continued change within the market. Um, those dynamics seem to be easily explained in movies. Uh, you know, five six years later, but mm-hmm. given the nature of you know uh, high frequency trading and mechanisms like that that are kind of taking place, uh, algorithms and whatnot. You know, are we seeing the you know the, the serious change in how markets are being run, is that going to affect uh, consumers and clients? Uh, and what I mean by effect is that they really, you know, the day after the Monday massacre, I don't believe anybody from any department could explain in a very simple way why what happened happened, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, I believe Jim Cramer was kind of screaming, you know, from his his Twitter box about how everyone's talking about how it's a bubble, and while in fact you need to kind of focus in on, on the stocks and so forth. So, going back to some of the products you're creating, um, Just Wealth Mission and, and Mandate moving forward into the future, you know, how are you guys uh, dealing with that? Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a good question. So regarding the products, like we um, <clears throat> we have. Um, we have like different model portfolios that are made up of, of exchange traded funds, which are low cost uh, in, you know, they basically buy an index so a Canadian market index or the U S S and P 500. Um, and the great thing about that is uh, you're getting access to the entire market and it, and it's at a low cost nature. So, um, you know, when someone buys a, a just wealth portfolio, they get a basket of, of anywhere between six to eight different exchange traded funds or ETFs. Um, and the cost is, uh, depending on which portfolio, but runs from 0.15 to 0.25. So compare that to a mutual fund, um, which would have anywhere, you know, have a very high fee in regards to probably north of 2%, right? Yeah. So if that cost savings uh, would stay in that investor's pockets and um, it's uh, it would just, you know, have further opportunity for growth if you keep the money invested. Um, from a product perspective, there's a when you look at the exchange traded fund market right now, there's a lot of like different uh, avenues that people are investing mm-hmm. from. It could be a cryptocurrency ETF or a, a marijuana ETF or, or something like that. Um, the, I think things like that, um, uh, there's a lot of fads and there's a lot of kind of like herd mentality to some of the growths uh, mm-hmm. of those particular sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think, I think, you know, your, your point to Jim Craner, you got to look back to the fundamentals of the business. I think um, as, as time passes, people will, will understand 
what is a cryptocurrency and, and you know, why you invested in it and, and can it even be used for anything as far as purchasing a goods or a service um, up until up until that and that time comes and, and that may be sooner than we think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, I think the, the volatility in, in those types of things are, um, are just individual traders driven. Um, and they want to take opportunities or, or move, you know, can move the market because of that. Um, but we tend to focus on, we don't focus on those kind of, um, alternatives, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more on core asset allocation strategies. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we tend, you know, we have over 60 portfolios, uh, but again, it's going back to the investor and what's what's important for the investor. So, what does the investor want? Mm-hmm. Um, if they want a growth portfolio, we have a growth lineup of portfolios. Uh, if they want income, we have income options for them. Uh, we have ones that are designed specifically for RESPs, so mm-hmm. educational savings plans, and, and they how they work. They uh, as the beneficiary of an RESP gets closer to their enrollment date. The portfolio will get will get more conservatively focused, mm. um, and then you know options like that. So it's not necessarily like uh, you're going to get um, necessarily like calls on a cryptocurrency or, or marijuana stocks or anything like that. It's more of what I see this as is a long term core portion of a portfolio, um, and then if if you as an investor or advisor want to play with you know some of your other money and and buy those stocks you go ahead and do that (laughs) um but it's 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 not that something that we do but you know we're continuing looking to um you know work with our investors what are what are their objectives um maybe you know more tax efficient focused portfolios Mm -hmm. um you know things like that is what we're Mm -hmm. we're really looking for Mm -hmm. in regards to providing a product Mm um and in the the market question about kind of the pullback it's uh, it's an interesting time and it was you know there's some pretty big panic um, mm-hmm. you know at least on Monday mm-hmm. um, and I think I think in North America and in Asia as well right through yeah. three a.m. I think in Asia there there's some fluxes yeah yeah and it's interesting because um, uh, you know there's a big pullback and you know you read the headlines and it's like the biggest pullback in history yeah but you know yes it was the biggest pullback because you know the number of points that came off the index was you know quite large like mm-hmm. I think it was over the dow was off around over a thousand points mm-hmm. but from a from a percentage standpoint it, it was only down i think around four four and a half percent yeah so which is nowhere even close to some of the biggest pull downs in the market yeah. on a percentage basis but uh, and the media tends to play up those kind of headline news sure. and, and you know we want to try to avoid things like that but um you know, Jim Cramer's right. You got to look back at the fundamentals of the business. And mm-hmm. I would say overall, the market, just across the board, the markets have been doing very well for the last few years. And mm-hmm. you know, going back to 2008, 2009 at the bottom, like we've had a pretty good run. So equities and, and valuations are, you know, seem to be a little bit, you know, higher right now mm-hmm. relative to where they were in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't invest because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you invest because you want your money to grow over the long term mm-hmm. and 20, 30 years, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're investing um, kind of more in the short term and doing day trading stuff, like I don't know how people do that. And then I don't know how people can mm-hmm. necessarily uh, time when when you know individual stocks are going to move unless you're doing the analysis on the individual mm-hmm. stock itself but mm-hmm. uh, again i don't know who has time for that so um i think most recently what happened in, on monday it was it was it was just a herd mentality you know mm-hmm. people 
people had been thinking there's a downturn coming mm -hmm. and then we we got to a point where okay it looked like Somebody it was, was pretty like, big they got to a point yeah. where it's like okay this is kind of the downturn yeah. so then it just kind of pushed everyone out and it's interesting it's like you know people people buy you know they sell on when the market's down and they buy when the market's high and in, in fact it's the exact opposite mm -hmm. like you know you think any other business you go to walmart and you buy something you buy it because it's on sale right it's right. down in price versus yeah. you don't go to you know some you don't go to walmart and buy it when it's at the highest price right you, yeah. you try it, but for whatever reason and it's maybe behaviorally how we're wired from an investing standpoint uh it, it's very tough to do those things so uh we try to kind of you know ride out those waves and keep people invested in over the long term if you have a diversified strategy and it meets your objectives uh, you'll be very well suited growth is a big concern right now for people in terms of their money um, and the future uh, Canada specifically seen some major changes related to the housing um, crises and growth you know I'm coming from Vancouver uh, British Columbia and obviously now in Ontario we're seeing two provinces reaping the rewards of uh, of just investing in um, into uh, the housing market and seeing just massive leaps in terms of uh, growth and, and value in, in their in their homes, um, are you seeing that translate over into their mentality for investing? What are you seeing in terms of growth? What is the definition of growth now for individuals that are investing with just wealth? And you know, how do you see advisors dealing with that? Yeah, so I would say that there. In a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different ways you could make your money work, right? Real estate is one of them, investing is another one, um, and I will speak to those two. A, a lot of people um, have been, quote unquote, spoiled over the last little bit because there's been some pretty significant gains. If you're in the real estate market, um, it's pretty frustrating if you're not and you're trying to get into the real estate market, um, at least in Toronto and Vancouver. Um, and then the same can be said for, for, for stocks and investments, you know, it's, it's been pretty good. And, um, I know for our, like in some of our growth portfolios in 2017, um, you know, they were up close to, you know, 13%. So, uh, I don't, I think, I think expectations, um, you know, need to be tempered maybe a little bit, um, in regards to what you can expect over a, of a long term. Mm -hmm. um, from an investing standpoint, if we had a, a growth portfolio, um, we would be thinking more in that kind of six to eight percent range mm -hmm. on an annual return mm -hmm. over a longer term, like twenty-year basis, sure. right? So, if you have a, a year like we did last year, where you had a thirteen percent return, yeah. that means next year you got to be having somewhere <laughs> like a like sure. a two or th you know two or four percent return. So, you know, we 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 think see things as like that. Um, but the real estate is an interesting thing. I um, I think what what we've actually seen um, is that people uh, are actually in. And these are people who don't own um, real estate right now, and they're trying to get into the market. Sure. Uh, they 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 invest uh, in an RSP, um, and they have the capital ready, uh, but they're just waiting for to to enter into a, at a point where it just makes more sense for them financially. And I think. Mm -hmm. Um, it's tough right now for kind of first-time home buyers uh, that maybe don't have equity built up in another home to, to buy some of the prices these days. Mm -hmm. um, but from an investing standpoint, we see people actually, you know, investing it, keeping it conservatively invested because if they need the money, they don't want to be needing it on Tuesday after a big market fall on Monday, right? Mm -hmm. So they mm -hmm. keep it conservatively focused. Uh, so you're not you're not in those roller coasters. 
Um, but you know, you put people put it in their RSP and they, you know, they, they say, okay, I'm going to be using this towards a home buyer's plan redemption soon or, uh, invested in a TFSA, um, you know, and, and more conservatively focused, but, um, yeah, it's an interesting time, but I think overall the expectations do need to be tempered a little bit. And the hope with your new Just Wealth Institutional Division, where you're partnering with financial advisors and insurance agents, um, is a part of that going into that market, the realization that you know advice right now is extremely important um, to, to just really the educational piece of, of your value proposition to, to your end client. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, well, um, just wealth institutional, uh, in partnering with financial advisors was always a plan of just wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we started the business, um, my background was dealing with financial advisors. I, I, I went out and I consulted and I, and uh, I worked with financial advisors and, um, worked with, you know, helped them with their clients. So I, I, I knew there was the important aspect of, uh, of the relationship between the investor and, and the advisor. Um, when we originally launched, we lost the direct to consumer channel, but we did that because we wanted to learn, you know, what like, from an operation perspective, how do we do all these things? From a technology perspective, how does it all work? Uh, and, and, and we figured, you know, we've got all that out and we're running very, very smoothly now. So now we're at the opportunity to take our growth to the next step and partner with financial advisors. But yeah, I, I think there's a huge component of, of, of advice and, and whether it's advice or handholding or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, that, that relationship that somebody who invests uh, or, or picks up an insurance policy, uh, that is very key in the overall aspect. And the fact now of because we've worked at Just Wealth, we've worked all the inefficiencies, out, we've lowered the cost overall, the advisor can still get compensated the same that they're getting compensated currently mm-hmm. by buying a mutual fund. And they're going to be able to keep their clients and they're going to be able to be able to spend more time servicing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the overall cost for the investor has dropped as well. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's a win win <laughs> everywhere, right? Client is able to win because they get more service, more money working for them. The advisor, you know, gets more time and, and, and you know, they are able to, uh, you know, hopefully get more clients or whatever they want to do at that time. Um, and then we're able to grow our business as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a great partnership and a synergy uh, between, you know, you know, three important pieces here. We talked a little bit about offline, just about the the common theme of the use of technology for automated processes, um, and again, not just focusing on clients that have high net worth, but also smaller customers that uh, may have not um, uh, may not have the asset base established, but they do want to grow. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. So one of the things we often hear from advisors is the fact of uh, they you know, they're okay with working with the high net worth because that's where they, they make their money. They're able to spend their time there. Um, some of the, the, the lower asset based clients, um, it, it just, it doesn't make sense for them to potentially go help them because it takes away from time they could be spending on, on growing their business and, and more revenue generating places. Right. Uh, so what we've heard from advisors is that now that they are able to partner with a firm like, just wealth and you know kind of work with us and we can manage that investment 
portion of it, uh, they're able to refer people who maybe have ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars, and not and still but steep, still keep the relationship with the client. Um, but we would just manage the money and, and obviously keep the advisor, or the agent, up to breast as far as where it's invested and all that stuff. And then as those clients grow. You, you kind of put that moat or that insulation around that client so you haven't had to turn them away when they had $10,000 to go to and then just get they just filtered into the bank uh, and the bank's going to be pushing them on products that you may have already sold them, like an insurance policy or whatever the case may be. So um, I think it's from an advisor standpoint, like I said, it's really that moat around, uh, around that client. We just manage money. We do not do anything else than manage money. Um, and they're able to continue that relationship, not have to worry about us selling an insurance policy to them. And, and then they could just, you know, keep doing what they're doing on the insurance side and all this stuff. So it's, uh, I think it's a, again, a win-win for, for the advisors and, you know, and all that, uh, in all that sense. So final, uh, final few questions. Um, big, hairy, audacious goals for just wealth. What is the, what is the next, uh, 24 months roadmap look like? Yeah. So, um, Okay, so that's a that's a great question. We have some internal numbers that uh, we'd like to like to do, but uh, I think I think ultimately, obviously, we want you know our, the way we, we collect revenue is based on assets under management. So our goal is to continually grow. Uh, we saw uh, close to five hundred percent annual growth in, in in assets last year, so we'd like to double that um, for twenty seventeen and continue that for. Uh, sorry, for 2018 and continue that for 2019. Um, but what we're also, and I'm really focused on right now, is I want to build a good team and a, and a core quality team that, that people um, have have the similar missions and the similar mindset that we do in delivering that justice advice to Canadians, whether it's the advisors or however the case. But um, so, yeah, I, I'd say those two things and building the team up. Right now we have a team of nine. Uh, and I'd like to see it up to, you know, 20, 30 people by the end of the year. Um, and, you know, growing of assets, partnering with financial advisors uh, will help us uh, create that goal and create that mission and deliver it to more people. We talked a bit about uh, the human connection and listening to customers and clients. And uh, right now, the major banks, there you know, a lot of transparency is coming about their tactics and you know, how they're kind of upselling, you know, individuals, whether they're at the teller or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And just the, the very nature of just the you know the industry at large um do you see yourself in in a position where uh the idea the mantra of actually listening to clients is going to be extremely beneficial to 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 your business um yeah so i think the i think that's the, one of the most important things you have to listen to whoever you are um whether it's Communicating with, selling to, whatever you're doing. The important thing is listening here. Mm-hmm. Um, no one wants to be sold anything. But if you listen to what their needs are and their objectives are and craft your message around that, it's not really a sale. It's you're helping them. You're on the same side. So the only way that you can find out those what those objectives are, those needs are from the investor or from the customer is, is asking the right questions, listening. And, and, you know, kind of retaining that information and coming back with a suggestion to help them. But I think um, people will begin to, people have the, the, the information on the tips of their fingers. So they, they kind of know what the industry may be, you know, wanting to talk about. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they'll be able to flush out kind of that, uh, that kind of things that are being pushed on them rather quickly. 
Um, but it's all about listening to them and matching their needs. And uh, if you do that, I think a successful business, a successful relationship, and probably a successful feeling for yourself would just be a byproduct of, of listening and, yeah. and, and reacting there. On the topic of um, advisors, what kind of advisors are you looking for uh, to interact with right now? Yeah, so, um, well, it's, it's been a very wide range of, of advisors that have been coming to us. Um, typically, what we're seeing in the early stages, because we just started to um, partner with uh, financial advisors on a Just Wealth Institution about a month and a half ago, but typically what we're seeing, we're seeing um, forward-thinking advisors, advisors who understand that the, the things are changing. Uh, they tend to be uh, a little bit younger in age in regards to... Um, you know, relative to some of the advisors in the industry, like, you know, it's not like we have 70 year old advisors coming to us or anything like that. It, we, yeah. we tend to have, you know, people's in, you know, in their forties or, you know, some in their thirties as well. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's about people who are focused on growing their business, okay. understand that, uh, in order for them to grow, they have to partner. Um, and it's, it's all about the, that partnership Avenue and, and, uh, together we can all provide a better service to the investor or to the customer. Mm -hmm. And if we work together on that, um, we'll win, but also the client will win. So, uh, people like I'd say that it's that forward looking advisor, um, that, that we are, are attracting and looking for. Got it. What would be your, your, your future self's message to advisors, um, on, on where the industry is going? Um, we've talked a lot, of, there's a lot of buzzwords being used in our industry about, um, you know, uh, technology focused advisors yeah. and uh, the advent of multiple devices and access to multiple streams of information. Uh, yeah. What so is a great, I, great message? Yeah. Very succinctly, I would say open, but disciplined. Mm. Um, and I've learned this in, in, in kind of starting this business and growing this business. Um, and I know Ali, uh, Fineo talks about this is, you could always get see that shiny penny somewhere, and you could always try to pick it up, um, but sometimes that shiny penny uh, distracts you from what is your what is your core you know mission or what is your discipline and what you want to do. So, um, I think you have to be open to change and evolution and enhancement, um, but be disciplined in who you are and what your morals are and how you deliver that. Um, so that's what I would say is, is just be, be open to those ideas, but, but really know who you are and make sure that you are always hammering that message on whatever your values are to your customer and, and, and strive for that.